Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show, where we cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Hey, welcome to the NSP Nutrition Podcast. I'm Frank Mills. And I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And today, Armin and I will be talking about training for men over 40 to get the best results and the best approach to nutrition. Okay, so for our first show for NSP Nutrition, I thought it'd be a good idea to let you know a little bit about us before we got started. Now, I'm Frank Mills. I'm the owner of Frank Mills Entertainment, just a regular guy. Done a lot of podcasting. Uh, I'm a health conscious guy. I met Armin a couple years back, and we just had a lot of similar ideas and thought processes, like minded guys. And uh, we've been able to work together the last couple of years. I'm a huge NSP nutrition fan. And uh, here we are doing this first show. Armin, what about you? It's great to be here, Frank. Um, yeah, I'm an IFBB pro bodybuilder. That's a certified personal trainer and age management coach. Now, I've been training for close to 40 years, and I'm here to try to help people get a better understanding of different approaches you can take when it comes to nutrition, uh, your training, your, uh, your supplementation, your recovery, and also your hormones, getting them optimized for a long-term sustainable program. Well, now that you know about us, let's get this show started. Now, we're going to start the show off with what men over 40 should know about training for the best results. Now, I'm just the regular guy. Armin's the expert, okay? He, <laughs> he, he, he's the guy that has all this knowledge. Um, but Armin, regarding this topic, where do we start? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question, Frank. Uh, I had to kind of think about that a lot, too, because of all the different things I've done. Mm -hmm. my background. And I would say with all the things I've learned in my past experience, if you're over 40, then you should really look to get a comprehensive blood panel done that includes your hormones. Okay. Um, I went through that process myself with you. Um, it's yeah. not that, you know, hard of a thing to do. Uh, so I think that's good, but why should we do this, Armin? Well, from my experience, from my own personal experience, and then also working with a lot of clients, what we're seeing is when you get a comprehensive blood analysis like this, you're going to see how things are performing and then how you stack up with your current state of health. So you're going to see you know, how your blood glucose, your triglycerides, your cholesterol, and you know those basic things there, which you can get at any medical office. You're going to see how those stack up. But on top of that, you'll also want to know more about how your hormones are doing because hormones are the messengers that tell your body how to operate. And if you don't know how they're performing, it is a factor for long-term health. And a lot of these things are very easily correctable once you have the right, you know, the right physician, the right protocol, and mm -hmm. the right understanding of how to approach it. And what I've found is when you get that in place, then you start to format your plan of action because this way you'll get better results a lot more effectively and you're better educated about what's going on. Okay. So 
once you get your blood work done and you get those results, what is the next step? Okay. So you need to decide what your approach is really going to be towards your training and nutrition, et cetera. Um, you know, are you going to do strength training? Are you, are you just into cardio? Are you going to do both strength training, cardio, or are you going to do yoga, these other different types of uh, types of training methods out there? And so then once you decide what you feel is going to be the best approach, then you got to put a plan of action together for that. Now, for me and my clients, uh, the focus is really uh, on strength training for long-term benefits. Uh, now, some of the reasons for that is strength training, again, from what I've been learning and you know, experienced through my, my personal life, is it's very beneficial to you. It helps keep your hormones functioning at a higher level. It helps keep your tendons and ligaments in good position. It's going to help you know, minimize injuries in the future because if you don't do it, your muscles are going to shrink. And then when they shrink, you're going to be more, more weaker. You're not going to have the kind of endurance you like to have. And again, these things will affect you over a long period of time. Initially, they may not be a big deal, but that's the thing is you want to be able to, to control them. So when you're doing the strength training and you're, you're getting the, you're getting an understanding of it, then you're going to get the long-term benefits. And the other thing it also does long-term, this helps suppress the aging process because strength training and also forms of cardio is a type of hormesis. And what this means is hormesis means that, that what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And this causes your body to have to elevate itself to adapt to these conditions, which makes it uh, much stronger. Plus, what they found is strength training helps suppress sarcopenia. Now, sarcopenia, the, what that basically is, is called muscle wasting. And you'll notice that from people that get older, uh, you know, their muscles are shrinking up. They don't look the, the same as they did. And a lot of that has to do with the hormones dropping down and lack of mm -hmm. strength training. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Well, it's so critically important to get that blood work done. But once that's decided, you know, and, and you decide on what type of a training that you're going to do, how many days a week do you train? How long should you train? I mean, those are some of the basic questions where everybody gets stumped and they don't know what to do. What do you say? Well, well that's a fact. Uh, again, <laughs> everybody's kind of different on what their schedule is and mm -hmm. you know, what they're dealing with and their, their family life, their work life. So what you have to also look at here is what's going to be sustainable. To be successful, and it has to be sustainable so that you can do it as often as necessary to get the results. So programs can vary from two to six two to six days a week or seven days a week, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But you want to understand what's your strategy behind it. Okay. So for example, you know, for me, I'm pretty experienced with training because I've been doing it for so long. My current approach is I like to train typically four to five days a week uh, for 45 minutes um, just because it's sustainable. And it gives me a couple of days, allow my central nervous system to recover and keep my recovery up. So that's one approach I like to take. Um, and then the other part of it is um, how long should you train for each session? I think from past experience, because I've done one hour, I've done two hour, I've done three hour training sessions. You know, I start out with Arnold's book encyclopedia of training. And I went to his advanced program right away because I wanted advanced results. Uh -huh. Huge mistake. So I'm training for three hours and my body's just, yeah, you know, it's not responding. I'm so over, over trained. It's, it's almost ridiculous. And then on top of that, I was trying to diet. 
So I mean, I've done a lot of things you have to do the hard way. So that's what I'm speaking about here. So after I started cutting things back, all of a sudden the results started to happen. You know, I went to mm-hmm. two hours, like I love, I got a more results. Then I went to an hour and things started really perking up. Then again, after doing more research and looking at other uh, you know, different uh, professionals out there and reading more stuff and also actually reading Vince's material, it finally clicked that he had figured it out way back. And that was 45 minutes is really good. That's really, if you work hard in 45 mm-hmm. minutes, you'll get as much result as you need. And again, I'm speaking of being all natural and not being on a bunch of hormones or anything oddball like that. So right, that's right. really what I feel has been the sweet spot is pick how many days a week that you can sustain a 45 minute session. And then you can always increase it or decrease depending on how your recovery is. But that would be the good starting point um, for me on that. Well, that's great news for somebody who goes to the gym now and spending a couple of hours, uh, you know, for 45 minutes. That that sounds a lot better to me. Now, what about program design? I mean, how do you work your different muscle groups, Armin? Okay, so that's another moving target when it comes to what your goals are mm-hmm. and your plan. So there's a lot of ways to do it. Some people can do a full body workout. Some people can do like upper body one day, lower mm-hmm. body the next day. And then you can just keep splitting your muscle groups up depending on how advanced you are. Okay. So with that being said, if you're just getting started, you'll get a lot of benefit just out of doing a full body workout and typically using like nine to 11 exercises for that because your central nervous system is so fresh, you know, it's going to get a lot of stimulation. And if you overstimulate it, then that's going to go the other direction. So we want to mm-hmm. keep it stimulated as much as possible. But what gotcha. you'll find as you get more conditioned with doing a full body workout is, you know, the thing, the exercises you do at the end, you're pretty fatigued and they don't get as good attention as the ones that you started with fresh. Mm-hmm. So the next step would be, okay, let's split it up. So then one day you focus on your upper body and the other day you focus on your lower body. And then the days off will depend on your recovery. But if you do like a full body, you definitely want to take a day off, allow it to recover and then do another full body or even take another day off. So you have flexibility there. But again, just keep you know track of what you're doing. Now, on the upper body, lower body, you can do that and not take a day off if you want. And you can do that for several days straight and then take a break. So these are things you have to kind of figure out with your schedule, how they work. So, mm-hmm. but as an example, if I'm doing upper body, I'm doing a full body, I would do every other day as an example. And if you feel okay. too fatigued, take an additional day off. If you're doing upper body, lower body, then you might want to take a day off after doing the two straight and then start back up again. If you still feel good, then just keep going. So these are things you'll have to learn on how your recovery is working. And then we're going to, you know, we'll talk a little bit about recovery, but, um, what you'll find have happen as you get good at that, then mm-hmm. you're going to start seeing other muscle groups, you know, develop better. So then that's when you start to break it out further. So then you could go to a three day split as they would call it. Okay. And so a three day split, you would do so many muscle groups on one day, then another set of muscle groups on another day, et cetera. So like examples would be, you could do your back and chest on one day, then you could do your legs on one day. And then you can do your shoulders and arms. So that covers all your major muscle groups, take a day off and then repeat the process. 
So these kind of things are, these are different approaches that you can do. And again, as you get more advanced, like for me, you know, I do five days a week, but my breakdown is different because uh, I'm, you know, I have a different uh, focus and target. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. for me in this example, I like to do quads and calves on day one. Then I like to do uh, chest and triceps on day two. Then I typically take a day off, let that, let that recovery happen because quads are very hard for me. It's one of my weaker areas and that's one of my focuses. Mm-hmm. And then the, after the day of rest, then I'm going to go to back because the back is a very large muscle group. I just want to attack that from a lot of different angles. And then I'll maybe take a day off or I'll go to uh, hamstrings and calves because I'm working the other side of my legs. Again, this is a kind of an advanced routine, but I've been mm-hmm. training for close to 40 years. Then after doing the hamstrings and calves, then I move to shoulders and biceps. So I cover all the muscle groups within a five-day period. And I typically pick a day or I pick one to two days off to allow my central nervous system to recover. So as you can tell, there's a lot of moving parts on how you want to approach, how you want to uh, do your program. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So I guess as you were explaining that, my next question was, are there certain rep ranges or maybe tempo for doing some strength training that are better than others? Yeah. So again, like anything else, you'll learn, you know, as you're reading and and doing things, there's different approaches to all these things that we're talking about. So I'm just going to mention the rep ranges that I like at this point. And I'm not saying AM are better than the other. I just found that they work well for me. And you can experiment with that too. But one thing to understand about rep ranges, first and foremost, is how the muscle fatigues. Okay. You have four types of muscle fiber. You got the slow twitch, you got two medium twitch fibers, and then you got the fast twitch. So you need to make sure you do enough repetitions to activate all four fibers if you want full muscular development. So that can vary from, you know, six reps for the fast twitch fibers, which is, you know, a lot of maximum weight and then going higher intensity. It could be eight to 12 for the medium fibers, depending on, um, you know, on the muscle group. So as an example, to activate all four muscle fibers, what I like to focus on is tempo, which is called time under tension, uh, also known as time under tension. What I'm focusing on here is keeping enough pressure with the weight I'm using to fatigue all the muscle fibers. So I need to do enough repetitions to get the slow twitch, the two medium twitch, and the fast twitch at the end. Now, the fast twitch at the end you're only going to get one or two reps there because those are very minute. There's not as many fight, not as many muscle fibers there, but they're a thicker bundle. So when you activate those, that's where you get that thick, dense, more muscular look. And mm-hmm. you think about a sprinter versus a marathon runner, marathon runner, is slow twitch, a sprinter is fast twitch. So they have more powerful looking muscles. They got those bundles more developed. Mm-hmm. So I'm focusing on doing enough time under tension to activate as many fibers as possible. Most of the personal training uh, books and documentation and other science states that a minimum of 30 seconds time under tension is very, is very good. So I need to do enough repetitions that I'll be using, you know, that will last almost 30 seconds or more. Mm-hmm. So that's one way to gauge it. So if you're doing on a, on a tempo, a four count negative, uh, one count uh, stretch or two count stretch, a one count positive, and then 
a one to six count static hold contraction that can last, you know, six reps can last 30 seconds pretty easily as an example. So that's what you're looking at in your rep range is how much time and attention are you managing with that rep range? So if you're doing a higher rep range, obviously you're, you know, you're going to have a different effect to that, but there are advantages to higher rep ranges, especially when it comes to leg development, in my opinion. So now some people can get good development, like the can get good leg development from lower rep schemes. I just found that using maximum weight, a higher repetition count, so there's more time and attention works better for me. So hopefully I haven't confused people too much on this, but as a general rule for simplicity, I like to do for upper body, six to 10 is my rep range. So once I start getting 10 or more reps, then I'm going to add weight, but I need to add just enough weight so I get at least six repetitions. So that's for upper body, except for back. For back, I like to do eight to 12 because it's a large muscle group and requires more blood flow. So I focus on eight to 12 for back. When it comes to legs, though, I like to do 12 to 20. Doesn't mean I don't do less than 12 reps, but I focus on trying to do 12 to 20 with maximum weight to really uh, push the muscles. Kind of a long way okay. one, but uh, I think that there be, should be some good takeaways on that one. No, no. A lot of great information. Now, there's been a lot of debate about when you should work out, what time of day. Does it matter what time of day that you actually train, Armin? Well, here's the thing. Um from some of the scientific research, the mm -hmm. evening has shown to be better because you know your body's been going through a lot of stuff. It's warmed up. It's you know it's been dealing with stress all day, mm -hmm. so they feel like the strength curve is better in the evening. But at the end of the day, I've done them both. Uh, and the other thing is, is when the gym's busy, it's usually in the evening, so that's another factor to take into account depending on the kind of training you're doing. But I would say you can do both. Um, it's just in the morning, you want to have a little bit more warm up time because the body is waking up. It's still not, you know, fully activating. So that's when I do a little bit longer warm up. Um, but it's, you know, I've done it. It's still effective. But if you're looking to have a better strength curve, uh, the evening typically is shown to be uh, a better, better time slot. And again, that can vary a little bit too. I don't, I wouldn't say late in the evening would be good. So basically some of the science I've read is, you know, four to five o'clock is a really good um, time slot for maximum strength and energy um, while you're eating good and getting plenty of sleep. Okay. Okay. Now either pre-workout or post-workout, um, what about energy drink or a protein supplement or any supplements should you not eat or drink anything? I mean, there's a lot of different information out there. What do you recommend? Well, I've done them all. Um, so at this point in time, based on other research and science things I've looked at, and again, it doesn't mean they're all perfect. Okay, mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean they're not debatable. But at the end of the day, I prefer to not have any food two hours before I train. Now, the reason for that is because I want to make sure my hormones will activate. Because you activate your hormones when you act, when you do weight training, you activate your hormones when you sleep, and then also the sun can affect them. So I want to maximize my hormone activation. So I don't want any insulin floating around from having too many carbohydrates or anything like that. So I avoid mm -hmm. any sugars or anything like that. Because you see some people, they want to load up on sugar to have the energy to do the training. Right. But that's not good for hormones. So you got the person from my experience and what I've read. So I like to do two hours with uh, 
you know, no sugar in that, so I keep my insulin down. Now, doesn't mean you can't do a pre-workout. Mm-hmm. If you're going to approach a pre-workout, just make sure there's very the minimal carb. Okay, that way you get the hormone activation. And there's there's some good ones out there. NSP has one as well. Um, but most pre-workouts, which I agree with, is caffeine. Uh, so you have a lot of, uh, you also have comments on caffeine. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of caffeine. The one thing about caffeine is you got to understand your tolerance for caffeine. If you're somebody who gets real jittery after it's having one cup of coffee, you don't have a good tolerance for caffeine. Now, if you're like me, I think we have a, almost a pot of coffee before 12 because I just enjoy doing that. So there mm-hmm. you go. Now, when it comes to caffeine, you can get in energy drinks. Just make sure they're low sugar. Um, and then uh, the pre-workout things you can add in. There's, uh, there's other supplements. I'm not going to get into that because for today's conversation, it's, I want to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. But you know, I like to do you know, a cup of coffee, espresso, or you know, one of the sugar-free energy drinks. Again, there's like I like a Celsius is another one I'll go with um, before training if I feel like I need that. So and that's a kind of a personal preference on that. Okay. Now, after the workout, it to me, it's critically important that within about a 30 to 45 minute period after you train mm-hmm. to make sure you've got some protein in your system. Now, the reason behind that is because when you're training, you're breaking down muscle. You're not building muscle. You're tearing it down. And so once we tear it down, we need that repair process. So we need amino acids to help with that repair process. The only place you're going to get that is from high-quality protein. So if you're in a situation where you're struggling to find anything to eat right away, it's quality protein or highly absorbable protein. Mm-hmm. Like highly absorbable protein would be like eggs, steak, or you know, red, red meat, uh, chicken, turkey, et cetera. That's where NSP Nutrition's uh, protein powder, and they have different versions of it, can help you with a quick fix there. And I typically mix mine with uh, almond milk, but you can also use water. I just like the, the enhancement of the more fuller taste of the almond milk. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I want to recommend. Now, you can also take amino acids as another form um, uh, for recovery. But for simplicity, I either have protein or meat, or I have the um, a protein protein powder drink with a you know, shaker bottle. Yeah, and I, I can personally vouch for the NSP nutrition protein powder. The I, I really love the chocolate. Uh, I'm a chocolate guy, so I really liked it. But uh, And it does taste very, very good. Um, let's get back to another topic here. That's really important is recovery. Yeah. After a lot of working out, if you're weight training, strength training, cardio, whatever you're doing, the recovery is really important. How should you approach that Armin? Okay. Well, that's another important thing to keep in mind with having success with your program. Mm-hmm. You can't just short circuit a hard training session with poor nutrition and it, mm-hmm. it can't be processed foods and things like that. So to maximize your recovery, I'm going to strongly suggest you have quality food, typically organic food, especially meat. Now the, the vegetables can vary a little bit there, but have real food. That's going to help your recovery the most. Um, and then when you have the real food, just understand that you're going to need to uh, gauge how, how full you are when you're eating um, and then how often you want to eat. Okay. So um, yeah, I guess on that, there's some other things we could add into that. Um, let me think here for a minute. Um, another thing about recovery, um, 
you can do some things with branching amino acids that uh, after you train, they're mm-hmm. good to help boost the immune system up. Uh, and so I also do that as well. And then another tip would be using leucine. Now, this is a branch chain amino acid, but it's in its own its own form. So what I've learned is that by taking five grams of leucine after training, it helps keep the body from going into a catabolic state. So you stay more in an anabolic muscle building state with leucine. That's the advantage of that. So when you get done training, that would be something else you could um, keep in mind if you want to enhance your recovery and your muscle building process. Wow. A lot of good information there. Um, when it comes to preparation, what other things would be important to make sure that you not only get started, but you're on the right track uh, before you do anything else? All right. Hey, one other thing is, is we, we didn't hit sleep on that. Let me just hit that real quick. Oh, yeah. OK, on re- sure. On recovery, uh, I just thought about it. On the recovery, you really want to focus on getting plenty of sleep. Now, if you don't get a lot of sleep, it, it's going to affect you. And here's why. When you sleep, that's when your hormones activate and do their work. And that's the repair process. They're helping to rebuild cells. They use, they burn fat. They use cholesterol to rebuild cells. So you don't want to short circuit your sleep if you want to get the best results. So it makes you keep that in mind. I see some people that do that. Yes, you can get away with it on a short-term level, but mm-hmm. it's just going to catch up with you at some point because I've done it myself. So make sure you get plenty of sleep so you maximize that recovery. Okay. Absolutely. So you were saying. Yeah. In regards to preparation, you know, um, you know, there are things that you have to do. So you prepare for success. So exactly what are the things that you feel are important to make sure that you have in place before you start anything? All right. So once you have your plan and what you're going to do, you're going to start to execute that plan. And then you got to see how you respond once Mm -hmm. you execute the plan. And because I have to do that every day as well with my training and because it is what it is. It's like having your day scheduled for work. You know, some days you get a lot done and some days not so much just because Mm -hmm. things happen. So what I, uh, what I feel is important is track what you're doing so you can analyze and determine, okay, this, I feel really good. My strength's going up. So when we're talking about tracking, you you want to track your, your weight training program. Because you got to measure, okay, the last workout I did, I was able to get X amount of reps for this particular exercise. So my goal on this workout, since on, on the next time I do that, mm-hmm. um, especially on that particular exercise, I want to try and get one or two more reps if I can. I want to challenge myself. Of course, once you get to your ideal rep scheme, then you want to add more weight. So that keeps right. you motivated. It keeps you in a more sustainable strategy. So track everything you're doing on your, on your training. And you can use... You can use a notebook, you can use spreadsheets, or you can, there's some good, there's, there's apps out there available. Uh, there's some better than others, but they are mm-hmm. available so that you always have it on your phone. You can reflect back to it. So that's another way to do that. I really recommend that. Uh, you need to track your nutrition. Uh, you want to know what's going on with what you're intaking and then how you're feeling. And then um, overall, how your recovery is. Because nutrition is critical for recovery as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to take before photos, you know, because that's the reward when you've done a great job. And you, you'll see this with other people. They took the before photo. They weren't real happy about it. They weren't real psyched up about it. 
you're like, oh, I think I take this photo. I have this with my clients all the time. Mm-hmm. They're like, do we have to take the photo? I said, only way that you're going to show people or show yourself your improvement is take that before photo. Right. <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. Maybe it's ugly, but when you look better <laughs> the next time, well, how are you going to feel? So right. I, I highly encourage that. I think it's really important. Um, let me think what else is there. So when you're, when you're looking at things with this way and, and have a strategy with it and a plan, mm-hmm. now you can measure your progress and results. You get some feedback and then you can learn, okay, what's working for me and what right. should I maybe change? And then after that, you got to figure out, okay, what's, what am I going to do um, to make these changes? But if you get the results you're looking for and you see the changes, now you're very motivated. It's easier to sustain, to sustain your program. Mm-hmm. Wow. Terrific information. Um, I guess when it comes down to all of it, too, a lot of folks kind of don't know what to use or the other resources that are available to them. Do you have any type of recommendations when it comes to other resources? Yeah, like with NSP, they're starting to provide these kind of things, which is great. So if you're just getting started or, some, or you need a jump start or something new, mm-hmm. then I would recommend their 21 day challenge. Okay. You know, it's free. So you don't have a lot of, you don't have a lot of skin in the game, but at the same time, you've got structure, you've got strategy because it covers training, it covers nutrition. And now they've even done this where they put it on an app so you can track it. So it's really cool. Uh, and you're in a group of people that are trying to do the same thing. You know, there's a Facebook group that they have with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you also have Vince's online gym, which is a new program that NSP's kicking off. Now, this is, uh, you know, this adds a few dollars to the bottom line, but it's very affordable. And now mm-hmm. you're also having a lot of strategy with nutrition and different training programs. So you can kind of change, you can keep changing things up because as you get more developed and you get more experience, you're going to want that, you know, because once you do, once you learn something, you want to say, okay, what else can I do? Now, other than that, if you, if you, if you need something more, then obviously find a knowledgeable trainer or coach um, mm-hmm. to help you. And, you know, that can help speed up your progress. That's what I do for a lot of people. And it speeds up the progress very dramatically because after I do a deep dive call with them, I find out what they know and don't know and then where I can help them. Now, obviously, that's more money, but right. it's a, I guess in a nutshell, it's an investment for yourself long term. So that'd be the other thing. Absolutely. Well, a terrific segment, a lot of great information. Armin, we appreciate it. Uh, You are watching the NSP Nutrition Podcast. I'm Frank Mills here with my co-host Armin Eckelbarger, and we will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. Hey, welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Podcast. Again, I'm Frank Mills, and I'm here with Armin Eckelbarger. And uh, first show, we want to get right into our next segment. And this is our nutrition segment. Um, nutrition is is really what Armin, the foundation, the actual building blocks to any training plan. If you don't have good nutrition, 
you're you're really going to have a rough time at achieving the goals and having this the actual success that you want, right? Well, absolutely, because that's the fuel you're running on, and you know you want to be running on high quality fuel so you mm -hmm. get less residual. So, like eating processed food is like eating um, ethanol, so to speak. It's going to mm -hmm. have some leftover, and that's going to cause some things to stick around. So, yeah, the, the better you understand how to fuel your body and get that high-octane fuel, then you're going to get a better response, you're going to feel better, and then you're also able to enjoy yourself when you decide to splurge, so to speak, and mm -hmm. uh, have a little something you really enjoy having, okay, whether it's, a, you know, wine or beer or whatever, uh, you know, you like to enjoy from time to time. Well, you've been doing this for a long time. You have your plan, you have things that you do, but what do you feel is the best approach to nutrition? All right. So first and foremost, we, we need to get a, a understanding of how protein, carbohydrates and fats work because that's what you're, you're really dealing with here. Mm -hmm. Now there's another segment called micronutrients, which is, you know, magnesium, sodium and all these kind of things. We'll deal with that at another topic. We're looking at what's called macronutrients, which is the main players of any nutrition program. So one of the first things that's most important with any nutrition program, especially if you're trying to maintain muscle, build muscle, and have a good, healthy body, you need protein. And protein, you know, as far as how that is measured, it's four mm -hmm. kilocalories per gram. So that's, you know, so that if you're, if you're a calorie tracking person, you know, I'm, you'll learn me about calories. I only use that to a certain extent. But if you're tracking calories, that's one of the things it's going to break down to is four kilocalories per gram. And what protein does, it provides necessary amino acids to help build muscle and all the other body processes that you need day to day. They're very critical. And okay. if you don't get enough protein, then that's going to cause problems long term as we age is another thing. All right. Then after protein, then we have carbohydrates. And these are mm -hmm. four kilocalories per gram. So they're very similar to protein. Uh, one thing you know about carbohydrates is they provide quick energy, which is a good thing. And they are ideally stored in the muscles and liver. Mm -hmm. um, but if you had too many carbohydrates, unfortunately, they will convert to fat very easily. And so you need to manage your carb intake. And these are one of the things you'll learn from me that's pretty important. Also, Vince Geronda back in the day realized this as well. And he talks about this in a lot of his documentation is understanding how to use your carbohydrates and not let them use you and make things tougher. So um, just a quick note on that. Now, after carbohydrates, we have what can be seen by the media as fat being bad because mm -hmm. that is nine kilocalories per gram. Um, but also fats have a lot of different functions. So, for example, they provide good, sustainable energy for four to six hours. Carbohydrates don't do that. They're typically an hour, maybe two, and then you need to reload or it's going to pull carbohydrates from somewhere else, which can be muscle tissue being converted as another mm -hmm. thing. So with fats, also they're important to help your hormones because that's what hormones need to do their repair work. And hormones are the messengers that tell your body how to operate. So without adequate fat, you're not going to help them do their job as well. So that's another reason why you want to have quality fats in your diet. You don't need a lot, but you need to make sure you get some in there uh, and focus on using that as your energy system. 
Now, the reason why you want to focus on having that part of your energy system versus so much the carbohydrates is because with fats, um, they spare muscle when you're using them for energy. So like with, when things, when people don't understand about carbohydrates is when you start to get low on those and you have elevated insulin, it's got to keep that carbohydrate energy going. And so in mm-hmm. some cases, what it does, it'll convert some of your lean muscle tissue to glucose. That's a process called neoglucogenesis. So when it does that, you're actually using some muscle tissue and that's, that's not beneficial. So when using fats as your energy system, it's safer, it's a safer way to go to help preserve muscle tissue. And I'm a big fan of that strategy. Wow. Uh, nucleo, wait a minute. You said it was neogenesis? Neoglucogenesis. Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna have to look that one up, Armin. Uh, that, but just, just, uh, just for, for, for simplicity, you know, Basically, you'll convert muscle tissue over, and that's not a good thing. That's what you really want to remember. Don't worry about so much what it's called, but if you don't eat the right way and use mm-hmm. your energy system the right way, you can end up losing some muscle tissue. Okay. Well, now, when it comes to protein and a lot of the things that you just talked about, how much of these should we have and why should we have them? Okay, with protein, uh, you need to make sure you have plenty, and there's a lot of debate on how much you should have. So mm-hmm. you probably want to experiment with yourself. Um, but the one thing about protein that's really critical, in my opinion, is make sure it's highly absorbable protein. So what do I mean by that? Well, for one thing, and this is not against vegans or vegetarians or anything, plant proteins are not efficient. They're very low absorbable protein. So if you want quality protein, you're going to have to keep that in mind if you're trying to use it, with, if you're doing vegan or vegetarian and you're using plant proteins. I don't care if they make it in a protein powder or whatever. They don't absorb well. Now, mm-hmm. highly absorbable protein examples would be eggs are number one because they're 90% like human tissue. Okay, so they're going to absorb very rapidly. You're going to get a lot from them. Then you got beef. Then you have chicken and, and well, turkey and then chicken kind of going down the order of the highly absorbable. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to beef, though, make sure it's grass-fed, uh, just because there's a lot of people that are throwing beef on the bus, but grass-fed, it's fine. Uh, if you don't have grass-fed beef, though, just so you know, it typically has about 40% more cholesterol in it because it's not grass-fed. So there's a difference there. And grass-fed beef or, or grass-fed provides conjugalinolic acids, which help to burn fat as well. So it's kind of built into the whole process. So okay. you have, again, the repeat, you got eggs, you got some beef, you got turkey, you got chicken, then you got pork on down the line uh, as far as efficiency. Then you can also use uh, amino acids. You can also use uh, beef liver capsules, is one of my favorites, um, and then protein powders. You know, the protein powders are designed to be absorbed the right way. They're already pre-digested or broken down. So you just mix them with almond milk or water. And that's a great resource to, to use is there. Now, when it comes down to laying, all right, Arm, how much protein should I have? Mm-hmm. The ranges are going to be from like 0.8 to 1 gram per pound of lean muscle weight. So the big difference are lean muscle weight, not total body weight. Right. Okay? Now, I want to say this. What people do not realize is that you don't absorb 100% of the protein. Protein is going to, some of it's going to convert to glucose. That's just how it's mm-hmm. digested. So typically you're only going to absorb maybe 50%. And 
maybe 60, you know, 50 to 60 percent are going to absorb as protein. The rest is going to be converted to glucose. So understand that. Okay. So if you're taking 30 grams of protein, you're probably only absorbing about 15 as, mm-hmm. a, as a you know thing to keep in mind. Okay. So to help you with this process and make it simple, I typically recommend 30 to 50 grams of protein per meal or per serving. Okay. Because then you figure someone's going to convert, but that should be enough amino acids to help you to um, get the job done. So if you figure you're going to have three full meals, okay, mm-hmm. at 50 grams per meal, that's 150 grams of protein, less whatever's taken out for glucose. And then you can supplement with a protein drink and not have to do this four or five, six meal or five or six meal kind of plan, which is just not sustainable. I'm not a big fan of these eating every, eat something like um, a meal every two or three hours. I just don't, mm-hmm. that's not sustainable to me and also not necessary. So just a side note on that, but that's okay. what I have on protein. Okay. Well, there's a lot of talk out there about carbs. I mean, we see it advertised everywhere. Everybody's talking about carbs, carbs, carbs. That's what you've got to cut. But what's your thought process on carbs alone? All right. So there's going to be a lot of debate on this because the food mm-hmm. companies, you know, they, that's what they sell a lot of carbs, especially processed carbs and the carbs are everywhere. So it's kind of a tricky one, but it depends on your goals and your eating habits. Um, like, what I suggest, and this is my own personal preference based on experience and some other things I've been doing, is I like to keep my carbohydrate intake under 30 grams per day. Again, there's a lot of variances on this. You know, keto is going to be 40, 50 or whatever. And then you got these mm-hmm. other different nutritional programs. But I like to keep it under 30 grams per day. And then what I'll do is, as you know, as I need more carbohydrates, I'll have a scheduled carbohydrate loading day which I'll uh, do that in the evening and that helps to reload my muscles and the liver. This way I burn body fat throughout the day and do not let the carbs kind of control me. Cause there's a lot of people that feel like they have to do cardio to keep the body fat off. And cardio is a whole nother topic that we'll probably get into in another, another uh, series. But um, mm-hmm. if you do cardio, you're just going to burn off some extra, extra carbs and that's fine. But you really need to manage your carbs. Uh, to me, that's more important than the calorie and the calorie counting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. You know, we just did a show on this, gosh, you and I did with our podcast uh, on Frank Mills Reality Fitness, but fats, you know, I learned a lot on that show. Uh, there are good fats and bad fats. What What's your thought on, well, on fats? Okay. Fats are a good thing just make sure that they're quality fats. So one simple thing, and I don't necessarily track my fat as much just because of the way I eat. But when you eat protein, you know, mother nature put fat in protein because proteins and fats are acidic in nature. So that allows them to digest well together. So that's one easy way to get fat. And it's going to be some saturated fat in there. Again, your body does need saturated fat. It's not a negative. Okay. Uh, but if you get too many carbohydrates, and it can it could be a factor. Right. So you want to you, know, you want to keep that in mind when you when you're having fat. It's not a bad thing, um, but there are good forms of, of fat that are easy to easy to use. You know, avocado is a real good one. You know, it has carbohydrates, but it has enough fiber to offset those carbohydrates. So you get the quality fats that's high in a lot of minerals like uh, magnesium and time uh, potassium things like that, which is a good mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Grass fed butter. 
Again, everything on beef, I'm going to suggest you do grass fed and uh, organic. Okay. Because that way you're eating quality uh, food. Mm-hmm. Um, but grass fed butter has that conjugated linoleic acid we talked about earlier. And so that's good to help. It's an automatic bad emulsifier. Then on top of that, you have you know, hard cheeses. And one thing I will say about cheeses, again, that's something else that you want to kind of take as needed because cheeses can actually increase your cholesterol level a little quicker than you would realize. So mm-hmm. uh, cheeses are good, but you want the quality cheeses. And I would have them earlier in the day that way you burn them up, you know, throughout the day. I wouldn't have them real late at night. That's why cheese pizza is not a good thing if you're trying to stay <laughs> healthy. Um, right. But again, just to make a little jab there. Uh, on top of that, you know, you have cottage cheese. I do the 4%. You got pork rinds. You know, that's a, kind of an acquired taste, but they do have quality fat. And you just want to read the label, make sure they don't have chemicals added into them. Then mm-hmm. um, what else we got? The coconut oil, uh, mixed nuts. You know, nuts have good sources of fats. Uh, the only thing is, I don't recommend peanuts. You know, peanuts are high in omega six and omega nine oils, and that causes inflammation. So if you're somebody that suffers from joint pain or joint achiness, keep keep away from the peanuts because that's what that's going to affect it. It's not going to help. Mm-hmm. All right. Absolutely. Then on top of mm-hmm. that, there's, you know, other things that are real quick would be like MCT oil, which is also known as medium chain triglyceride oil. All that is is coconut oil that's been heated up and fractionated so it stays at liquid temperature. That's mm-hmm. what it really breaks down to. But you can pour that on your on your food if you need some additional fats uh, or put that in your protein shake if you want some additional fat in that. So just a quick one on yeah. that. Wow. Okay. I, I know there's been a lot of debate on how many times a day we should eat. I mean, we live in a world of advertising of supersized and buffets, right? All you can eat. And uh, I I really believe there's a misconception out there of how many times or how much you really do need to eat in a day. So that's my question for you is, you know, how many times a day should we really be eating? Yeah, it's another one that uh, I've done a lot of different ways as well. You know, the theory behind i guess it's not necessarily theory but the strategy behind having four to six meals a day mm-hmm. is because when you eat it kicks up the metabolism to help process the food but if you do the math on that that's not real high you might be burning another 50 50 to 100 calories as far as mm-hmm. tracking that and so once i realized that it's like well that's not real efficient also, you got to take time out to eat. You got to plan it. It can get pretty messy if you're trying to do five, six meals and this other stuff. <laughs> uh, and I've watched people do it, and it's 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 not fun. So, right. what I found has worked well for me and my clients is, you know, no more than three meals a day. And then if I need something additional, I'll just throw a protein shake in there uh, as something additional because then I'm staying really lean. Now. <clears throat> When it comes to this, and you want to make sure you're keeping your, your body in a positive nitrogen balance. So if you're training for an event or your physique training, something like I do, then that's where I'll supplement. Instead of having a meal, I'll just take either pure amino acids or the uh, NSP beef liver capsules, which are phenomenal. Uh, I've been doing those for, you know, ever since I found them, uh, probably a little over three years now. Mm-hmm. And they are just great for energy, but it's also protein. So for me, I take like 10 capsules in between my breakfast and lunch. 
Mm-hmm. And then in between lunch and dinner, I'll have another 10 capsules. Uh, so when I'm training, I have really good quality energy, but I'm keeping that positive nitrogen balance. And I'm not adding a whole bunch of extra food to the, to the gut, so to speak, because that's where it typically goes. So I'm staying leaner that way. Again, you can use, uh, you can use real protein too. You know, maybe it's hard mm-hmm. legs or something like that, but that's a really, that's a really easy way to, um, you know, keep, keep that positive nitrogen balance going. Do you believe that there's a difference on how you eat your food, how quickly you eat it? I mean, I mean, do you believe in that? Yeah. I, again, I've played that one a lot of different ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you're in a hurry, you eat pretty quickly. Uh, typically that's going to cause you to consume more food because that digestive system hasn't quite caught up with everything. So that's okay. one thing to keep in mind. Try to eat your food slower. That way you fill up and you feel more satiated from your eating. Um, the, the other thing with that is um, when it comes to eating, I've learned my dad was diabetic. And when it comes to that issue, which I don't want to be, it runs in the family, so it's a concern for me, is to absorb your nutrients the right way. They recommend you eat the protein first, which is going to have fat in it. Okay eat that first and then follow that up with the carbohydrates. Now, if you're going to have carbohydrates. So when you do that, though, the protein takes longer to digest. And so that's that's going to make you feel full uh, quicker and also mm-hmm. last longer so that you have sustainable energy. So that's uh, the strategy behind how you should eat your food. Again, it doesn't have to be perfect, but if you focus on having your protein first, the majority of that, and then following it up with your other other foods, whether it's carbohydrates or sugars, whatever you're having, then I think you're going to find you're, you're going to eat less and you're going to be more full. And you're going to get more mm-hmm. absorption out of your nutrients. So take your time, chew your food, relax, enjoy it. And once you start feeling that leptin hormone, which regulates hunger, once that starts kicking up, then read your body and then you know, add enough and you're done. Do you want to elaborate a little bit on the leptin and the ghrelin so, so everyone understands how that works? Yeah, it's probably a good point. Uh, <laughs> I got to kind of watch some of my language, unfortunately. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, leptin is the hormone that says, hey, uh, I'm full. And that's you want to make sure that's always working at a high level because that helps improve your fullness and your satiated sensitivity. So you don't want to crave more food. Mm-hmm. Now, what causes cravings or what happens if you don't have enough food, you're going to have ghrelin kick in. And when it kicks in, it's like, think of ghrelin as cooking on a grill. When you cook on the grill, it smells good. And next thing you know, you're like, yeah, man, I want to eat something. So that's what ghrelin does, okay? And high insulin levels will cause that to stay elevated, which is what causes people to want to snack all the time. And that's where carbohydrates can start causing a problem. Mm-hmm. So you want to manage that ghrelin level uh, so that it, just, it kicks in when you need it to kick in. Okay, that's the, that's how you want to use those two hormones because if you use those the right way, you're going to have less uh, need to crave and want to eat stuff that you shouldn't be eating or is not going to benefit you for your long term goals. Mm-hmm. Now, Armin, with your approach to nutrition, you've been like I said have have been doing this a long time. Why do you approach your nutrition this way? Yeah, that's a good question because there's a lot of ways to approach nutrition. You have apps and other things too, and they're all mm-hmm. good. The reason I do it the way I do it is because it's easier for me to manage and uh, track myself. So if I'm tracking mm-hmm. my carbohydrates and making sure I'm getting plenty of protein, 
I only got to measure those two things versus if you're tracking calories and you got the whole mix going on. Right. And I also learned that if I'm tracking my carbohydrates and my proteins, those are the things that are more important to what I want to achieve. So if I want to stay lean and build muscle, I use my carbohydrates to reload the muscles and liver as needed, but I'm making sure I have my protein consistently so I keep building muscle or maintaining my muscle and not burning it as energy. Mm-hmm. So I like to do that approach to it because what people do not understand, and we'll probably talk about this in another podcast, is insulin is a fat storage hormone. And I see a lot of you know, athletes and, and, and um, you know, bodybuilders and, and you know, other physique athletes, they feel carbohydrates are a must and they have to eat a lot of them because of the energy factor. But then you see them have to do a bunch of cardio because they have too much body fat. So right. you got to think about, okay, well, is this really helping me or is this causing me to have to do more work? Right. So I right. found that by tracking carbohydrates and tracking protein, I don't have to worry about gaining excess body fat. I also have enough energy to do what I need to do and keep my strength up. So mm-hmm. that's really the most important thing you want to understand. Now, if you're going to do calorie counting and that's how you're going to measure your progress, then yeah, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not sure that's the best approach. Um, mm-hmm. I just feel it worked well for me. Okay. Okay. So when it comes to nutrition resources that are out there, um, can you name a few that you would recommend? Well, yeah, uh, you know, NSP Nutrition, you know, they have a lot of Vince Gerona documents and, and books that mm-hmm. he wrote, which uh, when I came across this probably three or four years ago, I was like, oh, my God, the, the guy has this figure. He had it figured out a long time ago, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Uh, now there are some things you can tweak on it. Don't get me wrong. But if you uh, if you want something to, to get lean with, then I definitely recommend the Maximum Definition Diet uh, book. I would also um, the Wild Physique has all kinds of like three or four nutritional approaches in the Wild Physique, and some of them are carbohydrate based as well, so that you get a better understanding of how to, how mints like to use them. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good one. Uh, the Pro Series of Nutritional Bodybuilding that's a that's a pretty good one too. Now he goes in a lot of detail on supplementation. Mm-hmm. on that but he also goes into detail of the others as well but it's the the bodybuilding one he really goes off the charts so uh, mm. even some of the supplements that he has in there they're not even available because he was so uh, so ahead of his time in that area but those would be the ones i'd recommend uh, if you're you want to get you know for different strategies and how to approach your nutrition well armin uh a lot of great information in today's show and you know, we had touched on this. Yeah, this is the NSP Nutrition Podcast. They've been building better bodies since 1972. There's a lot of great information on their website. Go to nspnutrition.com and look for all of this information that we've talked about in today's show. But, uh, man, fantastic show, Armin. Thank you so much for your knowledge and expertise. Much appreciated. Oh, no problem. It's a, it's a pleasure. I hope, we, hope you guys got some takeaways from this. And Again, we're here to help. Uh, and I don't have all the answers either. I'm just letting you know different approaches that I take, and it gives you some other things to think about and use those, um, and then see how it works for you as well. Well, another fantastic uh, opportunity to talk about things, and and man, the knowledge you have is again fantastic. So thanks again. Uh, no problem. It's a pleasure as always. <laughs> all right. So if you guys like the show today. Please subscribe, like the show, 
share the show with your friends and family. We would really appreciate that. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of great information on nspnutrition.com. And if you have any topics that you'd like us to cover, you could leave a comment uh, in the actual YouTube comment area. Uh, we just may use that for a topic in the show. So we will be looking for your feedback and check back next week for a new episode of the NSP Nutrition Podcast. Yeah. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.